Welcome to Weekend Coffee Girl, the podcast for thought-provoking chat over boozy coffee and stiff pours. The final episode in the series, Underrated Bars, Lines, Lyrics, and Limerits, I have one of my friends, MJ, also known as a DJ named Slash, and you can find his music on SoundCloud. I am excited about this episode because I'm curious to learn what his underrated bars, lines, lyrics, and limericks are. How are you, my friend? I'm blessed. I'm thankful for another day. So let's get into this. Tell us what you have prepared for this episode. Um, definitely someone that pays a lot of attention to lyrics that definitely has songs and lyrics stuck in my head more like an iPod or a Walkman before that was happening mm-hmm. I'm just someone that definitely loves and appreciate lyrics and lyrics that last a lifetime mm-hmm. um, you know I've been in the music since I was two or so probably got my first records at three so a lot of that was before my time and then I caught up to it I learned or really kind of figured out what was going on as far as lyrics read a lot of liner notes and lyrics and love lyrics as far as uh being able to access them uh, just pulling out the sleeve of the vinyl and whatnot mm-hmm. i just appreciate someone that took the time out to document and you know stamp that time of great lyrics mm-hmm. i am a lyric person too Um, And I think that's because I love words so much Mm -hmm. and hearing something that resonates in my spirit stays with me a long time. So I think in maybe the second episode in this series, um, I was talking to my friend Mm D-Pain and I said that years ago, the first time I heard Dwick by Gangstar and, you know, Nice Nice and and Smooth. Mm -hmm. When I heard the words, I'm infallible, not into failure, I immediately went to look up the word <laughs> infallible. And if you know me, you know on my social media, that is the quote that I have. Like I could have quoted anybody else, you know, but those words mean so much to my everyday life that it's something that I say over and over again to myself. And I even have my child saying it. So words matter, they matter. Well, they speak to us. It stuck to your ribs. It stuck to my ribs. Right. Yeah, I definitely peeped out that episode. It was a great episode. Wow, yeah. I was like, I'm going to have to step my... After hearing <laughs> it. So tell us your first song. My first song is Rock Marciano. And it's a song that's called Lyric. I'm... Um, Emeralds, matter of fact, Emeralds. Okay. And I just took a couple of bars from it, but they just were so impactful. And I don't know, like I said, I just love lyrics. So the line goes I'm doing God's work in the booth. It says, Allies will. I put the skirt on the coupe. And after hearing that, I mean, everything else is definitely on point this was mm-hmm. just powerful how he would take that line and let people know that he was doing God's work in the boot and that it was allies will 
and then you know he took that spiritual to the most high mm-hmm. and then he said I put the skirt on the coop 32 squirt that'll burn your suit yes, yes. <laughs> I'm like this dude uh, yeah that people like that are constantly just I'm, I'm checking for when they say man I got something new or you know new project dropping because I know that they're just you know I mean lyrical miracle and that's the type mm-hmm. of stuff I love listening to because it's like everybody not gonna catch the lines the first time mm-hmm. but yeah that was yeah that was a sword though. and that whole song like I love moving white my eyes as the night air, yes. two fives glare, glare through the Cartier eyewear, and knock your newborn out of the high chair. <laughs> right. That's got to be like, I don't know, like, like when you know a guy meets a girl and he says something to her or she says something to her that just sticks two ribs and it's like mm-hmm. kids say, "Well, mom, how did, how did y'all meet?" And it was like, "Oh, he said this." <laughs> oh, she said that yeah that man that dude is he's surgical he's surgical like lines over hoes lay bread on me like deli meat <laughs> and not and also he has the, the, the visuals his his, his uh, videos it's, it's like he just take you back to 83 or 84 or something riding around in his BMWs Mm-hmm. You got the Cartier frames on. I'm just saying, it's just give you a whole visual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Give us your next song. All right, well, my next song is from Jericho Jackson. Which is Jericho Crisis. Jackson. And Elzai. Uh, Crisis from the camp, the Soul Council camp with a uh, Night Wonder. Elzai from Slum Village. Mm hmm. So I like this particular, uh, these bars, it says, uh, come up with the new rhyme schemes and patterns, different cadence, accurate wordplay. You think it can't exist. The slow snails, pedicure toenails, at five hotels, at the W taking no L. That's poetry. That's poetry. Poetry. Somebody. You know, I'm I'm a big Night Wonder fan, so I am too. But that guy Crisis is not age. Right, a, right. A lot of the Little Brother catalog is really Crisis. After a certain point, Crisis was doing ninety percent production. Right. And this track, um, for uh, the To Do List. Matter of fact, that's the song I didn't mention was going in both the compliment and vice versa but man this dude was spitting man Elzai is way up there as far as lyrically mm-hmm. but I love this song How, like I said definitely the combination of both the cohesiveness of music and the lyrics and vice versa but those lines sometimes when people are spitting lines like this I go back like I do genius mm-hmm. I examine the bars and how they put them together and make sure things are rhyming because you never know how people write their lines right but these are the type of lines 
I just look at copy and I'm like, man, how did he, you know, look, how did he put, you don't really even know he's rhyming a certain portion of these lines. Mm-hmm. So it, it took me a while. I had to kind of copy it from Genius and then put a comma in a certain point because his flow is just, yeah, somewhat of that rock him flow. It's kind of immaculate mm-hmm. where you might miss a line. Mm-hmm. Come up with some new rhyme schemes and patterns. Normally, the next person who will be rhyming, they would try to rhyme with patterns. Mm-hmm. Went straight into another cadence and says different cadence, accurate wordplay. You think it can't exist, but mm-hmm. the way it's written or it's typed up on Genius, they kind of skip that exist and go straight to for slow snails, toenails. Five star holes at the W take L's. Man. Yeah. So, Crisis also does a lot of production work. And I would say that I like a lot of the things that he did with Sean Price and Master mm-hmm. yeah. And <sighs> then that third one is kind of like that Helter Skelter album, you know? It's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not that you you can't have more than one, but you can definitely hear his mm-hmm. touch on those projects. Yeah, I haven't like fully analyzed him, but there's this song mm-hmm. I'm looking for from him that he did, and he mm-hmm. rhymes on the song also. Mm-hmm. And I haven't been able to find that song. And he's kind of kind of dope with the lyrics too, but you know, all DJs, producers, rapped or can rap or can write, so there's always that extra advantage. But yeah, yeah. It's definitely dope. Okay, give us your next song. My next song is Sky Zoo featuring Guilty Simpson from the uh, okay. Cornerstone Classic mixtape. Okay. Which I think might be one of the greatest mixtapes ever. Um, the name of the song is called Play Position. And I'm taking the lyrics from Guilty Simpson. And uh, it says, You can't see us with a police flashlight. Anybody, <laughs> anybody can get in on the mic that nice. Get a grip on black ice. You ain't a soldier. The general's here to snatch stripes. My rap pod is bad. You can't feed tofu to a carnivore. (laughs) (laughs) He he had me scratching my chin because he started off with that diction, good diction, when he says, you can't see me with a police flashlight flashlight the police you know and when we (laughs) break the word police down (laughs) we're serious (laughs) yes but police is when you're being extremely serious you have a point you are trying to convey when you say police yes and you know those mag lights they used to carry back in the day with the 15 batteries on them (laughs) right And, and, and beat us with but he says, "Right, 
you couldn't see us with the light that shines from a mag light. Man. <laughs> I mean, I love the mixtape. It was doing work on the mixtape. I say it's one of the greatest mixtapes ever because the, the tracks he picked, the, the, the features he used, the guy, you know, the different people he collected. But to me, it's just one of them. This song is a song. I didn't wait for it, so to speak, but whenever it came on, it kind of moved me a certain way. You know, what kind of yeah. get you hype or you know, like, man, you you already know. So my fourth is from De La Soul, MF Doom. Mm. Rock cocaine flow. Mm. So it's from the top of the three, villain. And in the game, as long as he can ride a willy on a swing, turn the corner spinning, bust that ass, and get up. Dust off the mask, whip a laugh, give him a heads up. He got jumped, it pumped his adrenaline. He said it made him tougher than a bump of new medicine. <laughs> Doom was just... He did not get his his full praise in his time, but I mean that dude would take, you know, just take like the deep spaghetti and rhyme it. <laughs> you know how to prepare spaghetti, and you just like, like you know, it, it would take you five or six times to realize that that's what he's just giving you the recipe. But he put it in such a way that it just was you know, attractive and mind boggling. That dude was serious lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just the way his presentation, mm -hmm. you know, the word, the way the words came out of his mouth and they just landed in air, they definitely hit the ground. If that makes any sense. They hit the ground running. Um, yes. And he just, just his delivery, the way he said things. Right. One of my favorite MF Doom songs is uh, Zar Face Meets Metal Face. Mm hmm. I love that damn song. I, I, I couldn't tell you why, right. but it is one of those where the beat gets me going. Mm -hmm. And then just the delivery of it. You know, it's very slow. His words are very intentional. Calculated. And because the words are, yes, and so calculated, you hear every word crisp, very, and it's very crisp. It's mm -hmm. very clear. Right. And that's what I love about him. And I, I, to your point, I don't think he got his flowers the way he should have because you know Rakim is my favorite rapper and I'm quick to tell somebody that your favorite rap your favorite rapper favorite rapper is Rakim but I know that there are some people whose favorite rapper is MF Doom right right because it's a lot but that mm -hmm. impact is just as effective this dude right this dude was mad he was sucked up because even to be on a song with, with De La Soul and as strong and proven as they were, he still stood out on this song like a big mm -hmm. wooden thumb. Not just a thumb, but a right. big wooden <laughs> thumb. Man. Yeah. Rest in peace to that yeah. brother. Right. You know, I just saw on Twitter this morning that Vlad TV and the other guy were mm -hmm. talking about the cause of death and all the sus suspicion around his passing and I right. was I was 
commenting. I said, I hope nobody watches this shit. Let this man rest peacefully. Let his family have their privacy and respect. And just enjoy the legacy, the body of music that he left us. I just don't like that. You don't have to fucking know everything. Yeah, I have a problem with that also. I've kind of heard, but still, it's just like, Nah, you know, there has to be something, you know, behind the curtain that you can leave. You can't see everything when you get behind the curtain. Right. Rest in peace to that brother one more time. Absolutely. Rest in peace to him. So. So give me your next one. My number five. Mm -hmm. I got to keep it all the way real. A lot of people don't include lyricists or, or women as far as their contributions. And I have to because a lot of my favorites like Antoinette. Um, and this lady, you know, Jean Grey. A lot of people don't give their they full praise to Lauren Hill, so I'm going to give it to Jean Grey on this one. A likes. Mm-hmm. For lack of better words, well, that's actually the worst. The vernacular must map first a path of better verse. Heads are crushed, I rap backwards like a roll backwards with the same line, another track. Yes, accurate. Mastered it. Fucked rhymed, killed his father, bastardized, masqueraded. I wrote, I drive, I'm sorry, I roll drive by and patronized it. Must analyze it slow, crack addiction, pull. My rock will take you to high, like astronomical planes. Hmm. Why was it important to bring a woman into this episode for you? The balance of life, the yin and the yang. You can't have one without the mm-hmm. other. There, there has to be a balance. There, there are women that are incompetent when they write, so, you know, their boss, you know, the rhapsodies and everyone. They're in competition with everybody. When you put your, your set on the, on the shelf, you put your CD on the shelf, you put your project in, you're in competition with everyone. You know, mm-hmm. even from the Negro League baseball song, you knew she was a problem. Right, right. She is a problem. So much so she she's a living doom. She's not getting her praise because I mean, if you you could put her up against her rhymes against anyone's gene there or better. And nine times out of ten it's mm-hmm. better. I agree. I agree. I agree. Now, uh, you mentioned someone else that I love, Rhapsody. So Rhapsody made my 16-year-old believe in female MC. Yeah, I agree. And Rhapsody, you know, she's a part of that North Carolina, I call it the North Carolina click, too. Um, Her project from 2019, Rhapsody, Mm -hmm. I love, first of all, I love that, you know, every song on the album is named after a woman. And I love every song mm-hmm. on the album too. Right. Um, I think my favorites probably Maya featuring Kay Roosevelt mm-hmm. is probably my favorite. And then Michelle featuring featuring El Varner. Um yeah, those are kind of my favorites, but I love the entire right, the whole project. The entire album. And then my daughter, like mm-hmm. I said, for her. She's only 16, so she didn't know who Rhapsody was until 2019. The first time I bought this album, she heard it, and she's like, oh, wow, she just sounds so 
genuine and sincere and her words are crisp and she's telling mm-hmm. the same story right. and it just all resonated with her so when she said that to me you know of course we had the conversation about MC MC is an MC is an MC right. gender notwithstanding and mm-hmm. the gender really doesn't matter but it was so important for her to say it that way because she didn't really have any examples not to take away from you know the Megan the Stallions and Cardi B but when you're talking about a lyricist Rhapsody is a lyricist these the other ladies she's, are entertainers right i mean she's she's a you know she's a poet that that that, put, that mm-hmm. pins it a certain way but you're doing the same thing my pops probably did to me with the music he listened mm-hmm. to that i hated I evolved because I soaked all of that up like a sponge. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you're giving it to her, you're breaking it down, it needs to be broken down. It's just, there's different lanes, but I mean, I agree that a woman can do any job that a man does. She shouldn't have to move around 500 pound boxes just to prove a point. It is what it Absolutely. is. Strength is strength, knowledge is knowledge. You know, as far as an MC, and like we're saying, that like they can just cut a carrot, but they make for each cut of the carrot. That's having people eating out of your hands lyrically, and you just you know you're on bated breath listening to this, and it makes you listen to it over and over and over. And a lot of albums, mm-hmm. if they're cohesive, I really don't want to pick. It's just there's a certain feel and or feeling you feel when you hear. Us song mm-hmm. and you're like you know that's my favorite but I really want to say it's my favorite because the whole collection of the body of work yeah and I think it's really hard to pick a all the songs are my favorites and mm-hmm. it's really hard to pick right. a favorite right. one you know I've done this this episode what four or five times mm-hmm. And after I finish each episode, I'm like, I didn't talk about my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why it kind of it took me a minute. I formulated who I wanted to write about and make sure, and then I uh, mm-hmm. printed up the lyrics. But yeah, just just so I wouldn't forget. Kind of okay, put this one on. Should I put this one on? Well, maybe that artist was a little bit more impactful when people know him. So we want to kind of go with the, mm-hmm. the underrated bars and lyrics, but. Definitely. Mm-hmm. You know, the balance. Yeah. We want the balance. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely hit me. I mean, the first one, I'm sure you're impressed because I know that song. No. Well, <laughs> the no, no, first no. one just took me off. Well, that, that just means more like than we thought. Because, right. I mean, when you, when you yeah. hit me up for the Rock Him tickets and, you know, like, you know, that's still part of really, I was right there. You were way here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that just lets mm-hmm. we have more in common than we think. Right. And I am quick to get on the plane or jump in the car, I mean, before COVID, mm-hmm. and go to whatever concert I wanted to go to. So for everyone listening, um, MJ lives in Louisiana, and I live in Texas. Well, Rakim had a show during Essence. And it was, of course, my birthday is in July. So it was, it was the day before my birthday. Wow. And I drove to Louisiana to go see Rakim. And I had two tickets and no one with me. And I, I mean, it was I had a good time. 
And I had a good time because I was doing something that I enjoyed and I'm secure enough to go places by myself. Mm -hmm. But then I was kind of glad that I was by myself because I didn't have to entertain anyone. So I was able to soak all of Rakim in and just enjoy um, everything. And that is important to me, especially when I go to concerts. I don't want to be so busy with someone else Mm -hmm. or some other activity that I can't focus on the music. Because I need to see the face. I need to see the sound set up. Okay, we're going to have live musicians. Mm -hmm. Is this going to be, you know, a pre-recorded show? Like, I'm all into it. I need to know everything. Entire process. So, yeah, it's a process. I'm still kicking myself over that. I I still tell people the story of that. A lot of times, uh, I might even get tickets and forget that the Mm -hmm. show is such mm-hmm. and such a night and it was one of those nights I'm sitting at home chopping it up with one of my people from the west coast and I'm like boom and you're like you're kind of comfortable at home but nah mm-hmm. I should have got up at that point in time but I just was like that was the last thing on my mind but man <laughs> so, and I, I mean it, I looked a mess like I literally <laughs> nah, I looked a mess I doubt that but it's just <laughs> Now I have to go on Facebook and see all of my hip hop friends from West Bank, New Orleans, surrounding cities. They're all showing pictures of yeah, we were at Rock Camp, and I'm like kicking myself. Yeah, just kicking myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when was what was the last concert you saw before uh, COVID made its debut and its lengthy stay? I was thinking about that the other day. I believe it was Lil Brother. I think that's the last one. And that was Lil Brother okay. before they dispersed. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the last show and or Prince at uh, Essence. But I'm not... Mm-hmm. I was, that was such a good show. Man. But like, like you're saying, and what we don't really appreciate here in so-called America, people from overseas mm-hmm. and other places really love seeing live shows and seeing these people that we refer to as musical genius and lyricists and songstress and, and, and whatever you, you, whatever label you mm-hmm. want to give it they revere our people and we're so kind of close sometimes that we miss like I remember a few years ago me and one of my friends used to work with B.B. King House of Blues we mm-hmm. normally worked but I worked but I live on the West Bank so it's like, yeah, BB King, tickets fifty dollars. We were like, man, that's a lot of money. A few years later, you know, man, guy I work with, BB King died. We're like, man, we had a chance to see him, and we missed it. So, mm. if you really truly love the artist you listen to or, or whatever it is you're into, you need to see that person. And a lot of people we talk about, just thank those person. I don't need a picture with Rakim or. DOC or Rhapsody or Jean Grey, Lauren, Nas, none of those people. I don't need a picture with them. I just need to tell them thank you for your contributions. Like I do people like Grandmaster Cab online, mm-hmm. t Rock online. Man, thank you because these things are in the fabric, the DNA of my life. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Today is uh, Jay Dilla's yes. birthday, so of course, you know, those of us that love his body of work have been posting pictures and 
you know, song clips and videos and such. And my friend asked me, give me your um, favorite Jay Diller produced tracks. And without mm-hmm. thinking, I said, well, Muddy Ranks is probably my favorite because I'm a huge Five mm-hmm. Dog fan. And then I thought about Breathe and Stop. And then we talked about um, So Far to Go featuring Common and D'Angelo. And then, of course, the Janet Jackson oh, got to yeah. gone. Dilla is. And we just, you know, just start talking about stuff. And it's amazing where you can timestamp someone's body of right. work. Right. You have any Jay Dilla favorites? Like I said, I can't even reduce it to that. But. Mm-hmm there's this song called Trashy okay Jay Dilla has just so many it, it's it's too that's like saying what's your favorite Michael Jordan don't <laughs> this dude was yeah. truly the Michael Jordan of production he changed the game mm-hmm. and, and everyone yeah. before him that were greats the premieres the Pete Rocks they had to go back and study this guy Q-Tip Q-Tip at the top of his game runs into another cat and he just like come on really this dude Dilla nah this trash is special to me I could say but there's just so many songs and I still when when somebody posts something like new Dilla I still gravitate toward it to this day and it's like I'm, I'm still Dilla's just He's the Michael Jordan of production. He's producer. He's mm-hmm. beat maker. He's influencer of the, the D'Angelo's, Common, uh, Erica Badu, and every and anything in between the far side. I didn't know that was Jay Dillon. And I used to be like, man, this is yeah. crazy. And I, I think it's Big Pun's birthday also. So it's either this is the day Dillon yeah, passed so. and Pun's birthday. Which is which I, I think kind of off of the top I think it is, but that's just crazy. Big um, fan of mm-hmm. Big Pun. I don't know much of his work. Um, he just didn't appeal to me, that and that's something bananas. That, you know, sometimes you just don't mesh with people. That dude is bananas. Really? So I need to give I need to give him yes, a go. that first album. That okay, I will dude, do that. The first album. Nah, not just that. That dude is bananas. To spit what he was spitting, his complex style, and mm-hmm. three, four, five hundred pounds on stage and could do it, bananas. There's a reason. There's a reason why his legend is, is kind of intact. Yes, he was, and he was. Okay, so I need to get you, big yes, you definitely. Yeah. I think it's capital punishment. Yes, earmark that. Okay. All right. I just downloaded it. So I'm going give, to give it a shot. And then, of course, I'll let you know. So today is actually the day that Big okay. Pun died. So today is Jay Dillon's yeah. birthday, but this is the day that and Big And he's been gone for 21 That's years. That's crazy. It seems like five, six years max. Wow. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace to both of those brothers okay. also. Man. Mm-hmm. So capital punishment is the way Definitely. to go, huh? Yes. He had his own... I'm, I'm going to just say this. The dude was so dope that people who who, who listen to Fat Joe thought or would say 
that he was writing for Fat Joe. So that just lets you know how bad he was. Make you think that a dude mm-hmm. that we kind of, and Fat Joe is, you know, kind of nice. And all of a sudden, this dude comes along mm-hmm. like, oh, Joe's stepping up his lyrics, but he just was, you know, in the process with him. Mm-hmm. So do you think that pun was writing for um, Fat Joe? I don't, I, I, I don't know. You know, I, I like to be, I'm more of. What does your gut tell you? My gut is that if you put Scottie Pippen aside of Michael Jordan, your game will get better. <laughs> and I'm not taking away from Scottie Pippen because you had to practice against Michael Jordan. So just subliminally, your game's going to get better, stronger. You see the effort. You're working out with him every morning. Your game will get better. Mm-hmm. So I see mm-hmm. it like that. I don't know. I don't. I'm not a speculatory type person, but you know, just also you can't be great and see if people write. Now people can, you know, help with the pro. You know, this word, that word, whatever, that's, you know, that's not those I mean, if he's writing whole rhymes, there's a lot of artists you heard say, okay, well, maybe they weren't what we thought they were at that time. Mm-hmm. Because you know, early hip hop, we were still evolving. We didn't, you know, we didn't know the, you know, all the, the so-called original rules, you know, the no rules in baseball type things. But I don't know, but if he was, he wasn't a someone who wrote and then wrote for someone else and he sounded just like them. It wasn't that because this dude, he had that Puerto Rican stuff also in lyrics to where tell you, he was baking pies. <laughs> he was big. I'm just saying, you're going to hear that I mean, how he puts it together with this this you know king's english puerto rican something the way he strung those lines together and breath control okay i'm definitely going to check it out i, I just downloaded capital i respect that illmatic is the soundtrack of my life since <laughs> it came out it's stuck in my head i could be in the shower and i'm and I'm and I'm mumbling some mm-hmm. stuff from you know the uh, something from Illmatic. I've re I've remixed okay. three songs from Illmatic. Uh, I listen to Illmatic on my birthday every, the whole day. I listen to Illmatic every day on my birthday. So it's just stuck and engraved in my mind. Okay, what song from Illmatic? It's, it's like it's on repeat. Um, you, you'll get uh, life is a bitch, one love. Okay. Uh, um, the smooth criminal won't beat breaks. Never put me on your box if your shitty's tape. It's just I'm at work, and that just comes out. I'm not even thinking about it. It just comes out. Rakim mm-hmm. mm-hmm. is Rakim so is, is the Michael Jordan of lyricists. Right, oh boy he's calling I don't know what to say because Mike a lot of people don't really understand or whatever haven't quite put together Mike would you can just look at Mike Mike is built like a basketball player 
hands are probably just long enough. Six mm-hmm. six. He kind of bow legged. He's fast. He's strong. He's you know country cock strong. He has a forty five inch vertical. And then a kid from overseas gets here from Philly, and he's same size, but he's not built like that car. Yet he takes mm-hmm. on the you know the 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 posturing of Michael and the things Michael do or the things you might hear Michael does this he puts up X amount of shots he works with his left hand and I mean people are going Mike, Mark Lamont Hill is talking about how Kobe's shooting his left hand in high school he's really practicing X amount of hours and shots to just his left hand and he told him he said man you'll never use your left hand like that and Kobe's like nah uh, if this person does it this way I have to do it that way there's no way you should be able to compare those two players because of their game because like I said Mike was almost built to play basketball played in the dirt mm-hmm. and you have a 45 inch vertical at 6 mm-hmm. Rakim is Rakim obviously Nas had to study a Rakim to be where he's at and you know the, this beat stuff I mean if if he just reassembled the Voltron of the Illmatic it would be over right if you you, you bring back mm-hmm. Professor and Q-Tip and Premier and LES if you put them back together wouldn't that like just end the game that would be like game over Marvel or whatever it is so I mean sometimes lyrics can overshine the production Sometimes, you know, you don't want that track, that super track that, that's intimidating. I think I heard him saying uh, in an uh, interview, I believe it was Rick Rubin, he was saying sometimes the track can be overwhelming. Like, when you first hear it, you just, you know, you're nodding to it, but, man, I don't know how to approach it, what I'm going to do with it. To me, the Kobe of this, Rock him is the father. He's the, the the Kobe of it, though. To me, that's me. Like I said, maybe it's, maybe it's because I listen to him on my birthday every year for the last X amount of years. <laughs> years. Yes. While I worked for Columbia, I used to do street team production. So before I even worked uh-huh. with this dude, I was given, I was listening to this album with my former rapper Tim Smooth, like in Bust Down. Man, y'all need to hear th- this is this is the next. They were like, nah, you rap one way. And I didn't understand that from another MC. Like, you would tell me somebody raps one way. No, there's just intricacies that no person kind of raps one way, so to speak. Because everybody, their heartbeat gives them a little bit difference of cadence and your intricacy just by your heartbeat. Everyone's heartbeat, even though it's 2.8 billion heartbeats you get in a lifetime your heartbeat beats a little different. It's like your, your fingerprint. It's just a little different. Do we give Large Professor no. enough credit for no. his body of work? You don't because he, he was producing as a, pretty much as a young pro. He was producing for Eric B and Rakim. No, you, you don't. Sometimes it's the company you keep if, if the company you keep is a little bit more well known, you kind of automatically kind of fall a little bit to the back. But just just watching that dude on mm-hmm. IG spinning these books and you like, what? Who is what is this? Who is this? 
No, we don't because he kind of assembled this Voltron thing with this large professor. And he gave him the platform mm. on Life on the Barbecue. So he doesn't get his full recognition and, and propers for doing what he's done with, with all the different things he's done. I agree. I, I don't, I mean, I love Pete Rock. I love Q-Tip. I love Ninth Wonder. I just want to hear Large Professor's name in those same we sentences. We have to say it more. So we, we have to say it more. <clears throat> I mean, even even, even yeah. uh, the song he produced with uh, a tribe called Quest. Which, which is, you know, I don't, something to me is, and a lot of people kind of haven't put together, a lot of that New York so-called hip-hop where the videos were in the snow and all this, I equated to being their form of hip-hop was more of a wintertime hip-hop. And then when you got to the West, mm-hmm. it was showing you the sunshine, so it was more of a summertime hip-hop. And or rap, mm-hmm. you know, called mm-hmm. the Who's Doing or whatever. Then you kind of had Luke and their movement, which was more of a nighttime hip-hop. Right. Yeah, I like that that breakdown. Well, I think you that see Rock him on top of the building and snowing, and you know, uh, what's the name song? Uh, from Juice. So it was like you'd always see them cats uh-huh. bubble that's goose stuff. Song. So that's what <laughs> that's what we equated it to. And their music came out, you know, November, and then they toured in the spring and the summer. Right. That is true. I don't know if it was by design. Probably was a formula, and you know, some executive coined it and then it's like look let's let's put it up right here third quarter and then we'll tour spring summer but LP definitely needs to be mentioned more because phenomenal work then and yeah. still and then yeah he um, produced uh, Thinking of the Locks 2020 of course it's by the Locks West Side Gun and Benny the Butcher and I was when I heard that I was like that sounds like a right, professor. You know, some people just yeah, have a very if, distinct sound, and I didn't mm, think I was right. You know, I just felt like okay. well, maybe I'm bugging. So I had to, you know, pull out my phone and take a look, and I was like, I'll be damned. It is large professor, but you know, you know, some producers have mm-hmm. a very distinct sound. You have a keen ear to pick that out because a lot of people can't really do that. But you know, there's just a certain aesthetic. Try not to yeah. to be, you yeah. know the, you know the premier drums or the Pete Rock horns. I, I didn't approach it from there because mm-hmm. I kind of came a little bit before that. But if you could do that, you have a keen ear, and you're giving that ear to your daughter. So I've been listening to Sefi's produce since I was a little kid. I mean, I'm 43 now, so he's been with me just as long as you know mm-hmm. Rock him and anyone else. So you know the sound. I think it's good to have that ear where you pay attention and you appreciate the musicality of a song. You know, the writing and then the melody right. that they put mm-hmm. together. And then how the song is arranged is also yes, important. Is. And where it's placed on the album as far as the sequencing of the song. I always think about Wu-Tang Clan. Mm-hmm. You know, they're one of my favorites. I always say there's someone that's very um, structured and the rhymes are very clear and crisp. And it's very organized. It's very mm. to the point. 
And then either the person before or the person after the organized person is wild and all over the place. But that's the beauty of having so many different styles coming right. together in one and place. You even know who should be on a certain song or feel. So maybe it, maybe mm-hmm. it's calculated mm-hmm. as we're saying. Maybe it was a formula that came, you know, after the so-called we can we can listen to. Mm-hmm. We agree. can formulate a little something and say, you know what? We need to have a spectrum deck kind of leading off on some of these impactful singles and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And that and that sets up to yeah. where instead of going mountain, you start near the top of the mountain. And you continue to maybe go higher. Yeah. And then there's there's not really peaks and valleys, right. but you're kind of saying, okay, you start here at, at nine, then Old Dirty will come and he'll be at nine two, and then Meth will come and it'll be at nine four, and mm-hmm. Cap will come and yeah, it, it's formulated. But with us, I don't, you know, we don't formulate it like that initially. We have to kind of hear how right. it, how the pieces fit. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I, my friend said that we don't give Inspector Deck enough credit for his delivery on so many right. Wu-Tang songs. Whether he's starting it off or he ends it, the energy is still the same. Yes, and I happen nice. to agree with that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a Capadonna fan. I'm a, you know, of course, I'm a mm-hmm. Method man fan and everyone else in between Ghostface Killer is my favorite too but when he said that about Inspector Deck I was like you're absolutely right I mean think about all of the Wu-Tang songs that he either leads or he ends in the feel of the song and then with him being 30 and they deliver Marvel you have the strong characters you know you have the Iron Man's and all that you know man it's kind of like a you know, one of those strong characters, but sometimes you can forget that someone like Master Killer, he'll mm-hmm. spit something hmm. and you're just like, this is just so surgical. But like you said, I was set up by Inspector Deck and you didn't see Inspector Deck so much. And then a lot of times we were just listening. We weren't just, mm-hmm. you know, always in the line of those who were just listening and we're like, okay, all right, that's Matt. Okay, that's 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 ODB. Okay, that's Reza. But then sometimes it was just like you didn't even have to point it out. It already just started at such a high note. Listen to so many times, like Assassination Day, and you're like, "Oh, that's Deck there. Oh, that's Deck in the mm-hmm. oh, wait, wait, wait. Because you didn't see him because of the in and outs of jail and whatnot. You didn't see him on the rap cities and cyphers and all this and all that. But then you're hearing him. And you're kind of like, he gets kind of lost with the hearing thing with him and Master Killer because everyone else is just so visual and in your face and you saw them. Right. And it's hard to play the back. Okay, like, like let's say basketball. You're, you practiced for Jordan, but you didn't know that Ryan Harper was killing you for 25 that night because all focus was on Jordan and trying to shut down Pippen. Ryan Harper hit you with 25. Mm-hmm. Third, third quarter they're sitting down because your game plan was flawed but yeah Deck is he's still mentioned on got your mind made up with uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the two parts on. he's still mentioned and I respect that Daz left him on just to that but it's like pop, well he's just powerful on a track man. right and I we talked about this and I think 
And this is just my tinfoil hat conspiracy theory. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> you, you, you have one of those too? Okay. I do. <laughs> that I think he would have shown Tupac up on that song. Because let's be honest here. Tupac was not a lyricist. No. No. Not not of that caliber or elk. But not of that caliber. Tinfoil koofies. I have about five or ten of them. I have red. <laughs> Uh, blue, I have green, I have black. So yes, but if you think about it, the track runs kind of long, and Tupac was more on this this corporate thing of let's get a three minute song out there and let's move. If you add Rage and Deck, you're not looking at maybe a song that could be four or five minutes. Red okay. Man, I don't think we give Red Man you enough you, you, credit. You, you, you shouldn't even. Let, Things with they said things that's understood need not be explained. Right. First three albums, he could have won the Hall of Fame off his first three albums. Absolutely. Uncle Quillen. Absolutely. Redman Production. Also. Eric Summer Production and Rockwaller. That's my song. You know that's my damn song. But what I'm saying is yes, exactly what you're saying, but what Redman's impact is. In, in the culture it's just the people that don't know won't mention a red man or no red man except maybe what MTV Cribs or something how high right right and he's far more than that but we have to show that love on the social medias and in the conversations like we're having and podcasts like we're having and try to have red man on shows and this that and so yeah definitely a DJ of that impact who had one song maybe when he met EMP EPMD as a DJ mm-hmm. that, that come on that that's a feat in itself yeah my crew we would listen yeah. to Red Man I, and tapes cassettes album whole nine yes and it, you can say his first three albums was enough to get him into the hip hop all the time I agree Definitely. I agree. I agree. Sick lyrics. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just sick lyrics. I mean, when lyrics mattered and you know, mixtapes mattered and lyrics, you hear 16 on you know, a Clue or Flex or anyone else and in between, yes, and still, you know, LA Leakers or whatever, he's dope lyricists. I'm going to speak for that, that those first three, four albums, mainstay. Also, when the dudes came out third quarter, we talking, you know, New York uh, wintertime type artists. Yes, with, with a, a, a West Coast kind of a aesthetic to his music, also with the funk and whatnot. Yes, definitely. So we should give him more flowers. Number six, I have the great poet and, and lover Raheem Devon. Song called "Closer Won't Be Long." And it goes, this is perfect timing, must be telepathy. I was just anticipating that you'd be calling me and I'd be getting closer. As mm. simple as jumping in the ride and approaching your block closer. When my key hits the lock and I'm in, closer. So it won't be long now until we meet again. So mm. my palms are sweating hand in we're hot and both needing a ceiling fan won't be long now 
So we challenge time and try to meet the sun until you recognize that I'm your only one. Until we make a baby girl or son, it won't be long now. Mm. That's deep. Rubbing my hands together. But this is the type of song and that you would hold to the phone and say, you know, girl, I've been thinking about you. I want you to hear this. And you put that up to the speaker. This guy, this guy writes some some, some, some uh, sweaty bedroom classics. Till our palms are sweating hand in hand. Till we're both hot and needing a ceiling fan. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Sometimes it's just you need to just listen. Like you just tell a friend, say, look, just sit down and listen to this. You know, we get all back and forth. I don't need to hype you. I don't hype people up. I don't give you descriptions of how the movie is. I just tell you, watch the movie. And it was kind of left off the album at first. And I discovered it after his first album. Mm-hmm. Because he came to me when I was working for Columbia. And he was singing over the classic Earth, Wind, and Fire song. And I Which refused. Song? He was singing over uh, uh, Can't High Love, Skip Scarborough, written song that your friend was talking about that he's kin to. That great Mm -hmm. guy, uh, lyricist and arranger. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. James Carmichael. He was, yes. He he was singing, his first single was Guess Who Loves You More over that. And I was like, this is blasphemous. Yeah, that's a beat. We already, yeah. that was already ingrained in our DNA. That's, you know, Earth, Wind, and Fire. And the first mm-hmm. week, I, I listened to it, took it out, took it off sleeve, put it on 1200. Like, all right, let me see what they're working with. All right, this is how they're hyping up. Cool, cool, blasphemous. It was like, like Jesus, the TV show. The first time I tried to mm-hmm. watch it, I was like, this is blasphemous. Nah, cut it off listen to it a couple of more times it's like whoa there's something new that if you can redo someone else's song and carve your own land in someone else's song that's different and a lot of artists can't do that Luther was one that could do that some songs Absolutely. not everybody can do that It's kind of, this is more of a, a mixtape type of a thing where you kind of rhyme over somebody else's track and then kind of make them forget they were on that track originally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I kind of got into his his thing a little early. But yeah, that first time we, we had a bad introduction, but it worked out well. So why do you think that there are some artists that can't do what Raheem Devon and Luther Vandross could do by taking someone else's track and making it their own? Like what? What separates those two and others like them? I mean, it, it's a certain. I mean, anybody could buy a suit or a dress off the rack, but you have to. It has to be seamed and tightened up and fitted just for you, mm-hmm. because you have mm-hmm. to embody that this is not that song. This is another song. Like he took prototype from Outcast, but yet he mm-hmm. sung sung over it. 
and I can't really listen to the Outkast song no more because this embodied a, you know he sung sung it you know Andre sung it but this dude sang it so that mm. you have to be you know you have to be a different embodiment of your performance on someone else's song where they make you forget such and such did it now Luther did it but I'm also yeah. someone who I think there's there's only 10 songs that I've ever heard that the remake is better than the original I'm about 7 or 8 I can tell you a couple of songs that I never have to hear the original I love one rendition of this this song and the first time mm-hmm. I heard this version I didn't want to hear the original again is Walk On By the Isaac Hayes version and you I say wanna, that wait huh? so you don't want to hear the Dionne Warwick version no no I don't and here's why <laughs> okay so I, but, I don't oh, I wait, 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 wait 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 but, 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 before we do this <laughs> Definitely, come on! Isaac Hayes gave us like a nine-minute version of that song with right. with three changes. I've sampled <laughs> in the in the words and voice of Dave Chappelle. I've sampled that too. So yes, <laughs> but vocal performance. A lot of people don't give Dion her her credit. She did her thing, and she did her thing yes. how they wanted her to do her thing. But she was superstar. But right. yes, I you know Isaac touched it. Like, you know, touched it in a good way. Right. And on Twitter this morning, we were talking about um, favorite soundtracks, movie soundtracks. Okay. Hands down, Dead Presidents is my favorite movie soundtrack. Yeah, I got but my they, Sly in the Family Stone. I got some Isaac Hayes. But they, they kind of cheated and then gave you two soundtracks. The movie should have been longer if they gave you two soundtracks, right? Right, it should have been a part. It should have been a part too. But yes, definitely that. And let's say a big chill, which I've never seen a movie, but I know a lot of the Motown songs are in it. And right. let's not forget a a, a, a a older classic called Coolie High, and how they were one yeah. of the first soundtracks to have a Motown signed off. Shh, come on, yes. But that's the thing in the past. Don't do those right. type of things no more. Right, that's true. But yeah, Isaac Hayes' version of that song, I love. Um, Dead Presidents is my favorite movie soundtrack because I have my favorite Sly and the Family Stone song on that soundtrack. Um, I I just love it. Yes, I love every element of that song. From the pianos, you know, the Sly singing and the words to the song make so much fucking sense. I mean, that's one of those songs where you're like, you know what? If you're not going to act right, you're not going to be right. I'm not going to be here for it. And he originally did it in the Prince Camille voice. Mm-hmm. With that, uh, what I heard the recording process is how he, he sped up his vocals, but mm-hmm. then they still were in time. You know, there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of great songs and that is a great song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it Larry, is. 
Larry or Graham on that face, just just walking. Ooh. He just walked you like oh. through your neighborhood. Yeah. And he would just he was so in pocket. His hand had to be sleeping after that song because he just was so in pocket. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so I'm going to give you one of my originals better than the remake. Uh-huh. There's only been ten that I might can say that the, the remake was better than the original, but this is the original better than the remake. Okay. Love won't let me wait, Luther. Okay. That is, that is that is a great performance, and you know you had the. Uh, string quartet and you had the piano solo and he broke it down but Major Harris's version mm-hmm. was like Major Harris got off of work on Friday <laughs> and went straight to the studio to tell you about the woman he was enthralled with mm-hmm he didn't have to break it down. There was no strength. He just came in. When he says, not another minute, you believed him. <laughs> you know what? You know, you know when Denzel does this in that movie, when he go, uh, what's that? Uh, that damn movie about Frank Lucas, when he smacks the table and turns his oh, head. Oh, American Gangster. Mm-hmm. When he said, not another minute, you knew he meant not another minute. I Luther had a sandalier. He was in a tuxedo for a band, string quartet. He had, you know, Greg filling games, whomever. He had the best of the best, Nathan East on bass. So he had the best of the best. But this man getting off of work, going straight to the studio in his work clothes. <laughs> With his shirt untucked. Untucked. <laughs> With a couple now two or three buttons and they say look you got enough money for you know one take maybe a take and a half and this man pins you can feel Luther man I love that song from Luther but this dude gave you a whole different aesthetic and you believe that that woman he did not want that woman to wait one another minute right as my mother says another further <laughs> I'm just I'm just that person my ears I'll mm-hmm. give you a second I'll give you a second bonus one for free <laughs> and and I'm telling you there's something about this dude that I don't know he was the Tupac of his generation somewhat but I'll say this Stevie Wonder Superwoman Donnie Hathaway's version of Superwoman paying him homage and then trying to cut his head off when he says from the black pool of excellence giving Stevie his props for the song when he says when the summer came you were not around Donnie was not playing with y'all Mm-mm. nope nope Donnie don't he Donnie very rarely played with us so I'm Donnie, a Donnie fan Donnie is the dude who did he touched on almost every type of song and mm-hmm. gave you just a he gave you the gospel, he gave you the soul he gave you the back together he gave you the duets he did it all, it's like he was not coming to play with that superwoman 
right. I want to I want to see him perform that song. I, I wish somebody had. When I tell you that that sizzles in my spirit. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of sizzling in my spirit. Time to time, <laughs> that when Michael said, "Let it, let it sizzle," just let it sizzle. <laughs> he let it sizzle. Yeah. Right, yeah, now. and Donnie Donnie gave it to us in a number of songs. Okay, this is when I knew. I'm not gonna say I didn't know, but this is when it was confirmed. There was this. Is this? It's called a uh, Trumpet Awards or something. Mm-hmm. It was NAACP Award Trumpet Awards or something. So they got Stevie to do more than you know. The great Stevie, the walking, uh, what do you call him? Walking uh, musical genius was performing more than you know. Mm-hmm. Stevie, Stevie laid up like he was playing golf. He could not get. He couldn't get there. Mm-hmm. He had to lay up. When, <laughs> when, when Donnie drops that octave down, he's more oh, you know that right. I just got off Friday, and I'm going to the studio, you know, from work. And I did 43 hours, and I'm going straight to the studio. Stevie, he couldn't, and we know Stevie's right. a genius, but there's a certain, there's a certain level you have to get to to reach the top. Of the mountain and put your, your flag down. Right. Woo. I agree. And I'm a huge Stevie fan. I'm a huge Donnie Hathaway fan. Yes. Now, I don't necessarily like people singing some of Stevie Wonder's songs. Not at all. No one um, should. No, no one should. Yeah, you, you really shouldn't. I mean, there's just some some songs you just can't because Stevie puts his his soul, his DNA comes out in the music sometimes. Okay, I, I have nothing against John Legend, but I don't like John Legend. But I don't know John Legend, so I can't say that. But I'll say this: you know how when people say no disrespect and then they disrespect you, mm-hmm. that's exactly right. that's exactly what we're saying when when you're dealing with Stevie Wonder. Mm-hmm. Unless you, you know Donny Hathaway, you know you can get away with it. Yeah. Right. I don't know if he was Tupac and knew that he didn't have a lot of time, but he was not here to is something in the Chicago water or something. Uh, you know, maybe one of his 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 good friends and Curtis Mayfield drank it too, but he was not here to play with you. Mm-hmm. He and knew. Yeah. yeah. He knew if if I'm gonna do this. I gotta put Donnie on it. Yeah, that's what he did. He put Donnie on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He still had he, Mariah. You cool? And you get to come to the cookout. But we all know what the number one Christmas song is. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't, you sell, I don't care if you sell a billion songs. I don't care if it's stapled on the side of the, the Sears building or something. The number one song is still this Christmas. Right. And I don't like anybody else's version of it, so people stop singing it. We don't want to hear it. We want to hear it. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. When you do it and do it right, and you put the mm, you put the, the stamp on, you put your foot in it. No, right. Chris Brown, you cool, dog. You cool. You you could dance. You, you you know you do your thing. You can't do what Donnie did. That's a right. different. He was at the mountaintop with Martin Luther King 
thereafter. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned one of my other favorites, Kurt, Curtis Mayfield. And, you know, the, Curtis Mayfield wrote, there are some songs written by Curtis Mayfield that mm-hmm. have soundtracked my life. Now, I love this song by Gladys Knight, Make Yours love a it. Happy Home. Mm-hmm. I love that song. I love, you know, Curtis Mayfield when he was with the Impressions. We Are Winners mm-hmm. is like my, yes. one of my absolute favorite songs. That's a feel um, good song. Yes. It is. I'm So Proud is probably in my top five love songs. Like a true, just mm-hmm. like you said, a brother didn't got off work. He got his uniform shirt untucked. He come in the studio. He got him a short dog in a brown bag, in a paper bag. He didn't have a few sips. Yes. He didn't got a two-piece on the way. Straight <laughs> to the studio. To the studio. And he tells the engineer, let's get it. Let's get it. He And tell him, I ain't going to be here long. Because mm. he came prepared to sing this song. And as he's singing the song, he's telling a story. That's what I love the most about music. The ability to close my eyes and see the words, if that makes any sense. And see the story that they're telling. How beautiful is it that a person says, I'm so proud to be loved by you. That is a that that is a true wedding song. There's a lot of songs, you know, you can play at weddings. This is the mm-hmm. true this is in the truest mm-hmm. sense of yes. Yeah, and you have either you have that, or you you know I guess say well people aren't created they're made. Mm -hmm. These artists were made to do what they do. Mm -hmm. It's not a package. You can't just go grab ex pop star and make her into the type of songs that we're listening to and listening to our whole lives, and they never get old. Classics never fade. I'm so proud. Yes. Yeah. Add a add a little sugar. Mm-hmm. Now we we know Gladys. You know Gladys is at the top of her game. Always. And he wrote this, but mm-hmm. his version with a waltz. Mm-hmm. This dude was sing, singing over a waltz. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Man. Yep. Yep, you can't. I'm telling you, we have been blessed in our generation to have some of the most talented people to tell stories over music. Mm-hmm. Yes, and to or... sit down and write a story and give it to someone else to say these these are the words that I wanted you to have, and I want you to sing this song, and here's mm-hmm. how I want you to sing it. But people who like music. Mm-hmm. don't listen to the music on this level are the right. people that I don't get and yes. I don't I don't mind if you're like if you're open to you know or give me something I can listen to I'm open to that but if you're just like I'm only going to listen to low vibration chakra music I can't really like yeah, take you to the I picnic agree. like that yeah <laughs> I, I can't take you to the picnic I mean you, you don't know what a short dog in the brown paper bag is <laughs> right right because then that's a whole different you know genre of music that music I, I truly believe that music is therapy for a lot of people when yes. you know that you can relate to everything if not everything at least half 
of what mm-hmm. they're talking about in the song because mm-hmm. you've experienced it. Even if you didn't experience it yet, because as kids, we were listening to this music and we just knew something about this music is something gravitated mm-hmm. toward and it stuck to our ribs. I didn't mm-hmm. know, I didn't know, uh, let me see, let's say, uh, okay, um, Isley Brothers, uh, mm-hmm. Footsteps in the Dark. Mm-hmm. My, my mind drifts now and then walking mm-hmm. down dark corridors of what might have mm-hmm. been. What am I as a child, 70 mm-hmm. years old, listening to this? Because the music was just great. But it was. I don't know that this dude think you cheating on him, but he sang in right. such poetry that right. for years to come, I think this, this is the moment. This is how it kind of caught me. We were singing these songs, and then at a certain point, we started to listen to these songs. I'll say it again. We stopped singing them and started listening. Absolutely. That was the breakthrough. Absolutely. That was the breakthrough. I didn't. Absolutely. This dude eloquently said, I think you're cheating on me for three minutes. That he did. In the most that eloquent poetic way ever. Yep. Caught that, us up. We didn't even know. That brings me to number seven. Okay. The great Isley Brothers. And this was made the three plus three album when Marvin, Ernie, and Chris I I think it's Chris Jasper finally joined in and they became part of the three plus three. With Ronald, O'Kelly, and Rudolph. Make me say it again. Oh boy, I can't wait to tell my story. Who I believe you are rainbow. All the heaven I need to see. You're the promise everlasting. And where you are, I hope to be. Verse one. Go to verse two because there's only four lines. Whatever pains inside, you make it better. Ah, ah, you seem to realize when I'm concerned, you're the only one who goes through the changes. He gives you that ah again, mm-hmm. given my life's direction, my life direction. If I'm turned. Mm, mm, mm. let me tell you something I used to have a boyfriend when I was 16 who had an older brother his older brother was a DJ before he went to the army gave him the game and he would yes he would sneak records gave him the game and make me say it again girl in sensuality are my Isley brother songs uh, our little Wayne say beyond it I'm beyond the love. The Isaac Brothers is my favorite group of all time. Mm-hmm. So is probably number two. But when I tell you mm-hmm. I know all of the ad-libs, I know all of the woos, I know all of that from them. <laughs> I would sit in my cousin's cars back in the day to the 73, 74, 75 Cutlasses and listen to the mm-hmm. Isaac Brothers. 
that you can't even call them songs. Living my life's direction. What? You are the only one. Man. Make me say it again, girl. I don't know what she was saying, but this is this is coming home from school on that school break for Christmas, and mom already got a pot of gumbo. It's that feeling. It's the feeling of <laughs> Christmas Day coming into seeing the Christmas tree, anticipating you have something under the Christmas tree. And the phrase is, you look like Christmas. This is higher power healing our people. I agree. I agree. The Isley Brothers have so many beautiful songs. So those two are hand, hands down my favorite. My love song. Don't say That's what I'm saying. Don't ever. If I put that song ever. on, just cancel your plans for the evening. What? You ain't got no plans for the I'm your plan for the evening. It's, Put your phone. It's down. Teddy Pendergrass. But to another level. He's he's not you got you got you. He's don't ever, ever, mm-hmm. ever say. Ever say. That see that that's mm-hmm. pimping with your hands in your pockets. And you you ain't even gotta tell a lie. You ain't gotta run no game. Because the Isley brothers have laid your program out on your behalf. They're finishers. Now, some people start it. They get you in the mood. Right. You know, whispers. This is what I do to get you in the mood. They don't get you in the mood. They're like, okay, ninth inning, fourth quarter, two minutes to go. Here it is right here. Teddy sounds like he doesn't let the chemistry dictate how you should make love. That's my biggest drawback with Teddy Kendergrass. As they say, it was a different time. And Teddy said, "Come here, babe." He, he was, he was, it was a different. Teddy didn't let the chemistry dictate, but also Teddy was very convincing. Very. So I can't. I don't want to take anything away from Teddy. I just know when I play those three songs by the Isley Brothers, mm-hmm. I, when I play the first two, "Sensuality" and "Make Me Say It Again," I'm mm-hmm. setting the scene. But when I hit number three. Put your phone down. Put your keys down. Yes. What, they give uh, me like that said, feeling. When, when you have that connection and there's mm-hmm. a certain music that does that, and like you said, Isley Brothers are finishers. Mm-hmm. Now, my daughter loves the Isleys too. Now, there's mm-hmm. another song that I love by the, couple of songs that I love by the Isley Brothers that are you not necessarily to. love songs. So, okay. who's that lady? Both versions the mm-hmm. studio version and then the version that most of us have known have you know grown up with I right. like both versions of that song okay um, I love Harvest for the World I think mm-hmm. in, in awareness songs that, that song sounds- should be in the conversation yes yes and that, that sounds like another one song that was penned by Ernie and Chris and Marvin mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. like I said it poetic but it's a feel good and it's a come together come to mm-hmm. Jesus song come, come to mm-hmm. Jesus moment song right yeah but uh, speaking of sensuality mm-hmm. people don't know that song by sensuality mm-hmm. you know how they have those what? songs they just sing a phrase the whole song and you think it's it's ass okay ass mm-hmm. Stevie Wonder mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. people think it's always right so this song right. sensuality 
I used to hear it all the time and think uh, every day. <laughs> you said every day 20 times. So I thought it was every day. I thought it was every day. They could get you with lyrics. They could get you with the chorus. They could get you with the name of the song. You don't even know what the name of the song is. Just, just put it on. And put your phone down. Put your keys down. You ain't got no plans. Like I said, two things could be right at the same time. <laughs> Teddy. Teddy was sensual also. But you mm-hmm. have to remember his nickname was Sweaty Teddy. I remember. I remember. And then, and then those Gamble and Huff songs. I just want to see them go from live, from piano, how they did them, to band, to strings. Mm-hmm. I, I want to see the process. Like when we were talking about that. that uh, dun, 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 dun. The song... See, the song set it out. They ain't really had to do much after all that. Right. Then you hit it. It's like, what you doing then? You're already thinking, you know, you're trying to put your, grab your phone and get your keys and your purse. And you hit it to the door. You hear that? And These Gamble songs. and Huff doesn't get enough credit for their body of work. Their body of work is so... And that's... Tom Bell was the third group that like uh, L.A. Babyface and Daryl Pearson. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, let's say, and I'm coming to learn that uh, Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis, Monty Moore. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's always somebody we don't want to put out in the front. I always tease my friends about the Beatles because I always throw B- Billy Preston in there. And they're like, why are you throwing Billy Preston in there? Because he fucking deserves to be in there. That's all. Well, it's already been said. I don't have to make nothing up. He was the fifth Beatle. Right. But, you know, sometimes folks don't want to give credit to those that deserve said credit. And said credit that look like us. But he's the fifth Beatle. You can't can't take that away. And I knew love for the Bee Gees after that documentary. I didn't know they were strong. Mm-hmm. Strong in the game. I didn't know that. I had a clue, I had an inkling, but I didn't know. Don't you like to learn about the life stories of like your favorite musicians yes. and songwriters? I want to peek behind the curtain. Yeah, me too. I like that I feeling. Al- I don't always want a backstage pass. Don't want to know every single like we were saying about MF Doom. I don't mm-hmm. care how he died. I just know the man was talented. He left an indelible mark on music mm-hmm. and he's missed. Yes. And that's all that should be emphasized. I, I call it, I'm calling this 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 term, it's the James Bond view. Are you a Sade fan? Second second favorite group. Really? Really. I've listened to Sade maybe more than Ozzy Brothers. And I went oh, wow. to brothers. When I detox, do my, my, my detox bath, my oils and all that, you know, very manly detox and all that. Mm-hmm. Nine times out of ten I'm listening to Shaw Day because it's not just a one setting, like we're saying, it's multi-purpose. Mm-hmm. Yes. That, I love that that melancholy sorrow broke up we maybe we shouldn't be together 
thing. Bulletproof soul. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, Sade is definitely that. I mean, and you know, they put on a great show and yeah, and I'm not You sound like this is the Nas of your R&B soul deal. Yes. Um, the energy is not high enough for me. I, I get that, but I'm not an everyday person of anyone. It's just mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm, if I, I decide to jump the broom again mm-hmm. when, I, when I dance with, with my queen, Mm-hmm. will be to kiss of life. Absolutely. So I, I already have this mapped out. I have all the pockets. Mm-hmm. But I don't listen to I don't listen to you know I love guys and brothers. I don't listen to them every day. It's just mm-hmm. I know I can go to them and they're going to give me 73, 74, 75, 76. Mm-hmm. And even I, I kind of rediscovered old classic of uh, uh here we go again. I oh yeah, it's a beautiful song. Out of all the women of the world, I keep running back to you. Back to you. Yep. That's not. I'm so proud, but it's in the neighborhood. Yes. But yeah, you, well, sounds like you own some Jordan. Yes. Just it's it's like uh, Doctor Tisnas. It's more than one use. Huh? <laughs> you are so New Orleans for that analogy. <laughs> I'm trying. Yeah, I, I, tra- I traded a friend a set. Uh, what did I trade? I traded Dougie Fresh, the one with his. I think one of the first album with uh, uh played his only four. Promise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hip hop dude trade hip hop CD. I mean hip hop cassette or Shade cassette. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was in the cards. It was in the cards for you. Maybe, but yeah. I. Shade. Yeah, that's how I got turned on to Jimi Hendrix. Someone um, had a Columbia House um, subscription. Sure, and sure they didn't like all the CDs they had. Sure, you want all the CDs? Thirty CDs for a penny. Uh huh. <laughs> and he didn't want the Jimi Hendrix CD mm-hmm. because he wanted a CD I had, and because right. I had two of this particular CD, I didn't mind giving him one. Yeah. So good old fashioned thing. Yeah. Yeah, and I knew who Jimi Hendrix was, but I didn't mm-hmm. have, I didn't own any of his albums. Okay. So that was my very first time. And then I absolutely fell in love with him. So when we talk about R&B greats and rock and roll greats and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of that, that fusion of the two, right. Jimi Hendrix is not in the conversation. You're having the wrong conversation. Jimmy, uh, there are certain artists I call masters. Jimmy is a mm-hmm. master. Don mm-hmm. is a master. Steve is a master. Prince is a master. Uh, Michael Jackson is a master not a master per se as dated but he's a master Nita Baker is a master Sade group master yes uh-huh. and it's that dude had that guitar speaking in tongues uh-huh. 
I heard Albert King was a was a bad dude. You know, he, he I ain't gonna say bad, but he was a dude. You, you didn't really play with them type. You know, the blues dudes. You didn't play with them dudes. Dude kept a thirty-eight short snub nose. <laughs> you know, in their case, if I was Albert King and heard Jimmy do that song, it was it was one or the other. Either I was gonna say Young Blood, you did your job. I was gonna pull that 38 snub nose out. Tell them I better not catch them around here no more. And if they didn't have a 38, they had a they had a, a blade. A blade. Oh, def, def, oh, the pearl handle? I like that they're they're uh remastering these songs so you can hear them fully, you know, not like drums on the same channel as the bass and whatnot. Mm-hmm. He was he was a master. I mean yeah. the What's my man name? Uh, from Cream. Uh, from Cream, Eric Clapton. Clapton. When, when Clapton album came out that week, and Jimmy was doing his song better than he could do his song, it was over right there. Uh huh. There is no talk of guitar god without him and Prince. Absolutely. Jimmy's. He's he. You can't put a genre on everything, and he was right. You couldn't just call him rock. You couldn't just call him blues. It was you have to give artists, a, you know, time to find their lane. Man, I love some Jim. I just just heard that uh, Villanova Junction, like maybe last year. Mm-hmm. Some dude sampled it, and I was like. I know this is Jimmy. I just don't know which one it is. And I got a bunch of Jimmy. Mm-hmm. And they had just released that album not long ago. That's why this dude sampled it. Man, this dude was super bad. So one of my favorite songs by Jimi Hendrix is Manic Depression. Mm-hmm. I love the cadence of that song. I'm standing next to a mountain. Chop mm-hmm. it down with the side of my hand. Mm-hmm. It's classic blues, gut mm-hmm. bucket, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. But the, the the audio dynamics he was doing with it mm-hmm. at that time, yeah. One no hella fire said. I mean, if yeah, Jimmy is in. Like I said, don't have conversations about you know great mm-hmm. R and B blues, rock and roll without having a sentence for him in that conversation. If you are, you're not doing it right. Because Jimmy was everything. We, as by we, I mean Black folks, are multi-talented. And we have the ability to tell a story the way that no one else can. Because we tell it with our soul. We let our DNA speak sometimes. We let let it come from our bone marrow, if that makes any sense. Yes. And we're not come just up here the... just singing a cutesy song. We're telling you how we feel or something that we have lived or something right. we've experienced. Right, because we come from the oral tradition. And mm-hmm. what, what, what we've said slowly came into book form. Mm-hmm. And, and even though the books aren't don't always have a barcode, doesn't mean it's not a real, true, actual, factual portrayal of something. Mm-hmm. I agree. I got off of work Friday to the studio, and you know, such and such is gonna be playing, and he play a little out of key, and you know, the drum only have two or three pieces. The, the less with more things, 
that's what gives us that. You know, everything was just so pristine and, and key, and, and but it doesn't have that feel and feeling. Yeah, don't have it. Doesn't have that oxtail uh, gravy in it. Right, right, right. You just can't do a pour over on the oxtail. You got to brew that shit up. Thank you for joining me on Weekend Coffee Girl.